Man, we got such a great staff, uh, great people around here. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Tony said earlier, if this is your first Sunday here, you, you're probably asking yourself, what the heck? Like, we listened to somebody, we showed up today. Like, this, this is the one you invited us to. Um, and, but if you've been around here, and uh, this is normal to you. Uh, once a year, we sit down here and we talk about what God's been doing. But if you're new, uh, I want you to know that this is a great Sunday uh, for you to be at because you get the opportunity to see what we've been about over the past year and the years in the past and what we're looking forward to in the upcoming year and the years beyond. So I'm actually, I'm grateful and thankful that you're here for this particular Sunday because uh, God is good and he's been up to uh, some really cool things. Um, Ashley, my wife and I, uh, we've been here for almost five years now, which is crazy to think about. Uh, we're coming up on that. And over the years that we've been here, um, and we've grown a lot. Uh, as, as a family, we've learned a lot about like, how do you just do ministry day in and day out? How do you ride the way that there are good days and there are bad days? There are people you love hanging out with and there are people that are more of a burden. Like it's just the reality of ministry. How do you ride this thing? And, and we've learned in that. We've, uh, I've personally learned as, uh, as a pastor uh, a lot of things over the past four and a half years or whatnot that, that God has humbled me in, that he's excited me about. So I'm growing in that area. And I think as a, as a church, as a church family here at Riverview, like we've learned a ton over, over the past few years as well, which I'm really excited about. But one thing that has been consistent in all the years and everything that we've learned is that we serve an amazing God who is always up to big things and he's up to small things too that help grow us up and stretch us uh, in, in our faith. And when I think about Riverview and I think about the RCC family, there are a few things that come to mind. I think that as a group of, of people and as a church, man, we love each other. Now, of course, there are some ups and downs. There are some good days and bad days. That, you know, we bump into some interactions sometimes that aren't as comfortable as we would like. But as a whole, as people who have, um, who, who have been loved by Christ, we in turn try to love others as Christ has loved us. And in that, we typically, we try to give each other the benefit of the grace. And so that we're able to, to keep relationships and be peacemakers in a relationship. So we just generally uh, love one another. And to be fair, guys, honestly, you can go to some other places and that's not going to be common. Um, like we want it to be common wherever you go, but you can land in some places where that's not a reality. And so I'm just thankful to God that when we think about Riverview, we are a people who love each other. I think, too, that um, we are, uh, from where we've been and where we are right now, I, I see people who want to grow. Like, like, we are hungry for more. We want to know Jesus. We want to know his word. We want to see him move in our lives. We want to see him move in the lives of friends uh, in our circles and in families in our circles. And again, I know that that's not every one of us. I know that's not everybody who was in the first service, but as, as a whole, that I just sense that there is a, a growing reality that in a world that we're living in that seems upside down, wherever uh, we look, we want to be people who are boldly stepping into what God's made us to be. And we know as followers of Christ, he's made us to be children of God. And as children of God, we are in his family, and he has done something different in us. And as we gather together, we are family. And what he is doing is we are living in a world that is upside down. And in this world, I see us wanting to say, you know what? I'm not living a covert life as a Christian. I'm not living under the table where people are wondering, am I? Am I not? Is he? Is she not? Like, that's just not what we're doing. We want to be overtly disciples of Jesus who are going out, learning and sharing that with other people. And I'm so excited about that, that we desire to grow and we desire uh, discipleship. And one of the things that I've loved 
since day one of coming here is that we are, like Riverview is not a place that keeps things nailed down to the floor to say, hey, that can't change. Or, or we're never going to touch that sort of thing. There, you go to some places and there are sacred cows, man. And if you don't know what a sacred cow is, a sacred cow is something that is untouchable in, in, in a church or, or in a family or whatnot. And if you touch it, man, you are out. Like you get excommunicated. You get like people just look at you a different way. Like, don't touch that. It's always been that way. So what, what are you even uh, uh, thinking about? But Riverview... What we have said since day one, since the planting of this church, is that our only tradition, and I use that word loosely, our only tradition it's, it's, that becomes untouchable is going to be Jesus. And we want to go and we want to do what the Holy Spirit of God is leading us to do. And if, if, if it helps us to see Jesus more clearly, we say, let's go do that. And it helps us to, to grow as followers of Jesus. Say, hey, let's do that. We've said, let's go where the Spirit of God leads us. And anything is up to change. The thing that we won't change, the person that we won't change is Jesus and Jesus himself. And outside of that, let's just go and let's do more of helping people find Jesus, helping people grow up in Jesus, helping people to grow as disciples and followers of Jesus. And let's do less stuff that we just do because. You, you ever been to a place where, like, hey, why do you do that? I don't know. Like, we've just been doing that all these years. And like, let's stop doing stuff just to do stuff. Let's go where Jesus says, let's go here and let's see if people come and follow. That, that's what I love about Riverview. Nothing's nailed to the ground. And I love being your pastor. I've loved being your pastor. And, and I love pastoring a church like this. And I'm thankful for how God has led RCC in the past Man, like we've been here uh, since I think we started off in like 07, and we had, have had fantastic leaders, people who are passionate about Jesus, people who love Jesus, who, people who are great visionaries and have great leadership skills. And I'm also excited about not only where we've been, but where we're at right now and what God is going to be doing in the upcoming future and in the years to come as well. Here's my dream for us as a church, that RCC would be a place where people continue to feel welcome and loved, that we would be a group of people who understand who we are in Christ, and as we understand who we are in Christ, that we would live the reality of who we are in Christ in our daily lives in very tangible ways every single day. My dream is that we would be a place where people find Jesus and experience true life in him and the true love that he offers in a very real and, again, tangible way, and that we don't only just hold that to ourselves, but we become conduits of that and we transfer that to others, that we take it to where other people are at. I want to transition uh, to, to something else I want to talk about real quick. In June of 2019 or somewhere in that range, I stood up here on the stage and I said, you know what, sometimes God asks us to do crazy things that don't seem like they make any sense or that seems completely uncomfortable for us, but he asked us to do those things because when we do them, we get to experience the goodness of God in just unimaginable ways. And sometimes we even get to experience the miraculous goodness of God when we step into the things that are completely uncomfortable uh, for us. And if you were here on that particular Sunday, you may be able to recall, and I know, I know it's like maybe asking a ton, but you may be able to recall if you were here on that Sunday that we talked about 1 Kings chapter 17. We talked about Elijah, and Elijah was out in the desert, and God leads Elijah out into the desert, which for him didn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, why are you going to call me out to the, why are you going to call me out to the wilderness? But it was in the wilderness where God met him there. The place that God asked him to go was a place that was hit by drought. 
It, was, it would become dry and weary. There was no way to like, sustain life out there. You could not really live. But Elijah, he trusted his God, and so he went out anyway, and God sent ravens out into the desert to feed him. Ravens start showing up and bringing him meat, and they start showing up and bringing him bread. And it was a truly miraculous kind of a deal that was going on. Now, I don't know what was Elijah was expecting when he went out to the wilderness, but I am fully expecting that. He didn't think that ravens were going to be showing up and bringing him food, right? Like, I, there's, there's not been a day in my life I've been like, I don't know what God's going to do today, but I bet he's going to send a raven to start feeding me. I just, that's just never been a reality for me. So I'm guessing Elijah wasn't thinking that, but he went out there anyway. And isn't it unique that God often meets us in our wilderness and dry places? That like the place where like, man, God can't be in this. Why would I, like, that's often like God gets us alone so that he can get our attention. And when he gets our attention, that we're able to do what he's calling us to do. It's, yeah, you just look throughout the Old Testament, you look through the New Testament. It's in these moments that you're just pressed and crushed. And you think, why would you ever do this? But it's in those moments that he moves us into pretty cool things. Here's what God did with the obedience that Elijah brought to the table that did not make any sense whatsoever. When Elijah was out in the wilderness and God had his full attention, he sent him to this distraught, widowed woman in Zarephath who had this um, son, this, this little boy. And this widow was completely at her wit's end. And she was ready to call it quits. She didn't know where to turn. And some of us in the room, we, we felt those moments, right? It's like, I just don't know what to do. My kids are going crazy. Um, I don't have money to pay my bills. I just have no clue what's going. This lady was at her wit's end. And these two in the story are about to have their last meal. They had no money. She was out of oil, the scripture says, or she was almost out of oil. And she had just very little flour left. It's what the scriptures say is her cupboard was empty. There, there was nothing left to, to, to make a meal. And so when we find her in the scriptures here, she's out gathering sticks so that she can warm up the last bit of that oil and flour to make the last meal. And what's going to happen is she's going to, she's going to feed her son. In her mind, she's going to feed her son, and if there's a little bit left over, she's going to have a little bit herself, and then eventually starvation is going to kick in, and they're eventually going to somewhere die out here in the middle of, of Zarephath. It's a pretty sad story isn't it? Like she had canceled out on life. But it's in that place where God meets her and shows up. It's in that place that we find out that God has a bigger plan uh, for her life. And here's what happens. Elijah says, hey, can you bring me some water? In verse 11, and as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. What she's saying is, I don't have much. I really don't. There's a little bit here, but it's for me and it's for my family. It's really, it's not for, for you. I can't do anything for you right now. And, and here's what happens. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She says, it wouldn't make sense for me to give this to you and take away food from, from my child. Here's the plan. This is what's about to happen. Verse 13, and Elijah said to her, don't fear. Go and do as you've said. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and for your son. It's like, I don't think you understand. Give me what you got. And for us, we're like, whoa. Like, like, he says, give me what you got, and the Lord's going to bless that. You're going to be taken care of. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent 
And the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth when this drought is over. And she went and did as Elijah had said. Even though it didn't make any sense, she steps out into into this request and she goes after it. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord and he, and that he has spoke by Elijah. Here's what happened for the, for the widow. She kept going back to the cupboard. She kept going back to the jar. And she kept going back and back and back. And every time she went back, it wasn't empty. There was more. And then there was more. She experienced the miraculous goodness of God because she stepped into something that didn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. Everything that she had in the house, the oil and the flour that was almost gone, everything that she had in the house is what God used. And then he miraculously multiplied that and she did not run out. That's how amazing God is. He calls us to things that don't seem to make any sense so that when we step into that thing that doesn't seem to make any sense, we get to experience the miraculous goodness of God. Guys, two and a half years ago, we stepped into something that we called the Imagine Project. And that was a project that was really, really big, right? The goal that we said from the very beginning is that we wanted to pay off $682,000 of building debt that had kind of chained us and locked us in for a while. And we wanted to do that in three years. That's a big ask, Okay, it's, it's huge. And, and, and wondering, like, can God show up in, in a place like that? And what happened is we asked you to be a part of that, to join us along into that journey. And it, it, we said from the very beginning, this is not about money, although money is, is involved. It's not just about getting rid of debt, although debt is involved. A large portion of what we were paying for the building was being paid towards interest. And that interest was quite consuming. And we, as an elder team and as a staff team and as deacons, we sat down and we just said, you know what, we just really feel like God can be using this a little bit better to help people come along and come alive in Jesus as opposed to just taking this, these dollars that we're spending and using that on interest. We just feel like God could use that a little bit better. And so we said, imagine what God can do if, if that debt is gone. Maybe we could finally uh, finish um, or, or uh, we can develop the north lot that's been planned for years upon years and that we could create some space for our community to play and have opportunities to hear about Jesus. Maybe we could eventually uh, maybe create more class space for adults and kids. I, know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but on Sunday mornings, like this place is maxed. Like the kids' life rooms are being used. We have uh, uh, out there is being used, in here is being used, and we really only have one other room, and that's right there behind that little square. And so Eric has now used that space for student life to, to do what he was talking about, um, to, to, to share about how, how do we know who Jesus is and do apologetics with, with these uh, um, student life kids, which is amazing. But on any given Sunday, there's no room for uh, extra adult learning or more student life space. There's just not available. And so we've made do with what we have. Uh, and we've done that for a really long time. Um, but we said, what would it look like if we could add some more space for, for adults to learn and kids to learn as well? Maybe we could even partner with more local and global missions partners to reach our world for Jesus. Imagine what God could do if this was gone. And so when we started that, so many of you guys jumped on board and you said, you know what? I want to be a part of that. I, I do. I want to be a part of that. I don't know where the money's going to come from, man, because every time I go to the cupboard, my oil looks low and my flour looks low. I have no idea what, how we're going to do this, but I know that I want to be a part of what God might be up to. And then in 2020, what happened? A global pandemic. Like, like we kicked off a stinking financial campaign and then a pandemic hits. We're like, well, what are you going to do with that, Lord? 
Well, I'll tell you what he did. He showed up in very amazing ways. Um, Everybody was tightening their belt in every single way possible. But let me tell you what he did through you. You kept going to the oil jars. You kept going to the flour jars. And God kept providing through you. And here's what happened. Because you stepped into what seemed crazy and seemed like it didn't make any sense with us, We've all of it. This service, last service, people who call Riverview uh, Community Church their home, we've all gotten an opportunity and gotten a chance to see the miraculous goodness uh, of God. And here's how God, just a few ways, how God has blessed your, your faithfulness and has honored your faithfulness over this past couple of years. We already know this is no secret because we've talked about this. The debt is gone. Like $682,000 erased. That's your opportunity to clap. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and God did that through your generosity, which is absolutely amazing. But he went over and above on that. Instead of servicing the debt, we've added more missionary partners already in the last couple of years. There are, there, there's a group of missionaries that we have been supporting at a certain financial level. And then we said, now that we're starting to pay this thing down, it's freeing up money that we're not paying on interest. So let's add some more missionaries to help get the gospel of Jesus out to places that don't have it yet. And so we've added new missionaries. We have increased support to our current missionary partners. And so we were supporting at a f- certain financial level. That's increased for our missionaries that, are, that, are, that we um, help walk alongside, that we've partnered with. And guys, this is really, really cool. In September of this year, we're going to be sending our first team of RCC missionaries to share the hope, love, and mercy of Jesus to the villages of Rio Riba and the Dominican Republic, which I am crazy excited about. So in September, if you have a heart for mission or you want to develop a heart for mission and you want to share the love of Jesus, man, start talking to us because we're going to be building a team, a Dominican Republic team that's going to be sent over. And we have partnered with a church planning organization there to help be a part of that. And that's been made possible because the debt has been uh, removed. And so God is good. We've been able to walk alongside and come alongside of people in ways that we previously were not able to do. I want to show you a couple of pictures um, that some of you will be very familiar with of what God has done over the years. Um, it's mostly of the, of the land here. That, that bottom picture is uh, the breaking uh, of the land uh, that was here for the building that we're sitting in right now. Uh, that groundbreaking, there were people who were dreaming about what would be here in this place. They knew a building was coming. But thinking about what that was going to look like and how it was going to impact our community. And let's, let's, let's not get it twisted, okay? A building doesn't change our community. What happens in here and outside of what goes out of here is what changes our community because Jesus is involved. But this was a group of people who said, man, we want to see God move in our community and we need a place to meet. And so Riverview was born, it was birthed, and then this is them beginning to dig the land. Um, the sign right above it, uh, or the picture right above it in the left with that sign, that was the first sign being raised up on this land, letting the community know that there was a place here that desired to help people find Jesus, that this was going to be a place where people could come and hear about Jesus and then go back out into the community as disciples of Christ to make an impact on the community. And that sign said, hey, Riverview is here and we want to share Jesus with you. And that picture there in the top right corner is maybe one that gets my heart more than any of these is because this is uh, somebody, I think it's Jane. Is that Jane? I think that's Jane. People, guys, right now you see paint 
and you see drywall. Underneath the paint and the dryway, drywall and underneath of uh, the siding on this building, there are names and there are prayers and there are verses for people who are in this room right now. There were men and women who were praying for you that you would come to know who Jesus was, that you would come to know salvation and you would step into the faith and you would become a disciple of Christ. And some of you who are sitting here right now, your name is behind drywall. <laughs> your name is behind paint or it's behind siding out there because somebody loved you enough to start praying for you and believe that your life could change because Jesus would step in, which is crazy amazing uh, to, to me. And now you're here. You're growing in Christ, and you're growing as a disciple, and you want to go out and you want to share that with others. So thank you for stepping in to this journey with us. You've been making a difference in the lives of people in this community, and we're going to continue to make a difference in the lives, not only in this community, but in our world as well. In just a minute, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to shred our building loan, okay? Now, we know like this thing is paid for. Um, but we are going to shred the loan, and we're going to, like, the thing is, is going to, to be gone. We're going to get rid of that joker. But before we do that, here's what I want to do, is I want to encourage you to stay with us through the campaign. Thanks, Lonnie. Uh, I want to encourage you to stay with us through the campaign. Or if you haven't jumped in yet up to this point, um, to go ahead and jump in with us. Because phase one of the campaign, it's not complete until June. Um, uh, towards the end of June, okay? That, that's when phase one is over. And everything that continues to come in from this point, it's going towards phase two. Phase one was us getting rid of the debt and being free to dream about what God's going to do here. And when he's already begun doing things with getting that out of the way, phase two is us now dreaming about what God's going to do next. Three years ago, we said, imagine if God could do this. What, what, what we could do with that? Now we're looking forward to what he's going to do, and we're giving forward to that end. Now, I'm going to share a number with you, and, and this is going to be your second opportunity to clap this morning. So I just want to gear you up because, you know, it was the first time you kind of lagged a little bit. So it's, I'm going to share this number with you, but this is the beginning of what God's doing in, in phase two um, for us. Because of your generosity, there's already been around $30,000 that's, that, that's already banked moving forward towards phase two. That's your opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, again, if this is your first time here, we don't talk about money because we think money is the end all. We, the dollars lead to people, and the people lead to new life and change because of, they get to encounter Jesus. It's not about money, but we are creating space where God can work in people's lives, and, that we, and that's what we get excited about. So we're not clapping that we have money. We're clapping because there's an opportunity that somebody down the road is going to be able to hear about the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus. So I, ju I just want to make sure that you know that we're, we're not about just dollars and cents. Um, we're about people finding Jesus, and as they find Jesus, they get to grow up in him. That's what we're uh, about, okay? Um, but you say, well, I, I thought we were just doing phase one. I, I want to show you what phase two has looked like since the very beginning of, of the church. Okay, so I'll throw, throw this picture up here. So years ago, um, one of our friends here, uh, one of our new members, um, actually uh, Rick Geiler, um, he put together this schematic of what um, the, the body of believers and what the leadership uh, back then was dreaming of. And right now, that blue, that blue square right there, that's phase one. That's the building that God has just paid off through you, okay? That, that's phase one. You're sitting in phase one right now. But from the very beginning, there was a hope and a dream for phase two and how all of this land could be utilized for God and our community and taking the gospel out. And so phase two 
was an extension that would go uh, towards the northern lot. And so that's what we're moving to. We're moving to, we don't know right now what that's going to look like um, by June. Um, if you're with us in June and we uh, get together, um, we will have a fully robust idea of what phase two is going to look like. Um, we gotta, we're going to have a, a dream team of people who are thinking about, man, how does God want to use our community? How does God want to use us um, to reach people in our community? And how does that involve our land? And what does phase two look like? So um, by June, hopefully we will have a good, robust plan for what that looks like and how we move forward into that goal. But right now we're just simply trusting Jesus uh, for what's next. Are you guys with us? Yeah, we're just, we're just going to trust where he's going to lead us. Yeah, 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 that was maybe a third opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, but right now, guys, like we're going to kind of like kind of cap off phase one a little bit with just uh, like back in the old days, um, people would burn these like mortgage notes and loan papers and whatnot. Um, but we're not in the old days. We got sprinkler systems. And uh, if we start blowing smoke into this place, like y'all would get wet. And we don't want to send you home wet and soggy, okay? So what we're going to do um, is right now, uh, we are going to shred this loan. God has been so faithful through you, and we're going to get rid of this thing. Um, but before we do that, um, I don't want us to miss the opportunity just to thank God um, for, for what he's done. Because um, we don't want to skip past this and just think this is something that we did. Uh, this is totally God, and we've been able to see his miraculous goodness. And so would you pray with me? Father, you have been good. Um, the reality is that's who you are. You are good. Um, and you've been faithful to us and your people here. Um, you've been faithful over the years since 2007 when this baby got uh, ripping and, and going out and sharing the good news of, of your son all throughout our community. Um, and you haven't stopped being good. Uh, you just continue to use your people to do amazing and good things. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. God, I, we're, we're holding a, a loan or papers to a loan that you have paid off through your people. And uh, we don't want to miss the opportunity to say thank you. So we, your body at Riverview, we say thanks. And so as we move forward, God, would you just continue to show us where we're going uh, and, and um, guide our steps? Uh, we don't want to walk on our own. We want to walk forward with you. And so would you just do that amazing work um, through your people? I pray it in Jesus' name now. Amen. You guys ready to shred this thing? Yeah, let's get rid of it. Hopefully it works. Oh, it works. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Praise God. Praise God for what he's done. So cool, isn't it? Pipe down. You're done. Pipe down. Um, right now, we are in a family meeting, and so we are going to transition to actual family meeting minutes, okay? Um, we'll, some of y'all who are stretching and thinking about dinner, like, like we're, 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 we're coasting there, okay? Um, this is an actual family meeting, so right now, business minutes start, and here, here's what I want to let you know. Um, over the past year, um, there are people who have come to Riverview who have said, man, I love this place. I just want to hang out here and get to know what's going on, um, and we are so thankful to God for, for you. There are others who have said, I love this place. I'm thankful for what's going on here, and I want to be a part. I want to become a member. And, and so we want to we say thank you to those who have become members. Um, uh, there are several uh, of you, some of you who are sitting in here somewhere in the first service, um, and uh, you went through a, our members went through a class, and they met with an elder and uh, talked about what it looked like to, to love Jesus and to be a part of our community of faith here. And so uh, there are several who raised their hand and said, I want to be a part. And so we've had 
Um, the Geilers who, who put together the schematic that I showed you, um, the Heflins, uh, Sarah McConnell, the Scar Tweets, Corey Sonnenfeld, Clarence and Marcia Sonnenfeld, um, Linda Stein, and Trisha White all become, have become family members of RCC. So let's just praise God for, for new members. Um, we have a we have another we have another uh, fam, or we have another um, uh, membership class coming up I, I think uh, in March. Uh, so if you are not yet a member and you say hey I do want to be a part of what God is doing, um, let us know and we we want to uh, make sure that you get to that. Um, and then uh, part, as part of our business meeting, we are going to do our budget. We're going to vote on our budget for the year, uh, but we're also going to reaffirm elders. Um, our church is elder led. Um, we have elders who their job is to guide and guard our staff and to help walk alongside uh, the staff, and it's also to, uh, to guide and guard our doctrine to make sure that we don't go off the rails. Um, and so we have uh, those men right there who are elders. If you don't know them, get to know them. But there is one who's being reaffirmed this morning. Uh, his name is uh, Tim Welling. And, and so uh, he it will be on your voting um, uh, ballot that you'll use in just a minute. Uh, and with that, I am going to get out of the way and let Lonnie uh, take it from there. This is the, the point in time that we kind of go through where we've been this last year financially. I know this is exciting for at least two or three of you in here. So uh, anyhow, it's been a great year. And Anthony shared some details there. And we had a $500,000 budget over the past year. And the good news is we hit, we're 98% of that goal of the budget. The even better news is that expenses came in at 83% of budget. And so, and, and just a side note, um, Anthony talked about the loan. If we would have never had the Imagine Project and we just paid off the loan on a regular basis on, a, I think it was a 25-year uh, payoff, we would have spent $40,000 last year on interest. Last year, we spent less than $4,000 in interest. So that's $36,000 that could go into missions, into our ministry here, and into expense savings as well. So what, what a feat. That, that's a remarkable. Um, when I think about this, I try, I try to think, what do, what do people really want to know? What, what's the one, two questions that you might be asking? And it might be, do we have enough money? And so last year, we started the year with about $75,000 balance, beginning of the year. Um, our giving and expenses over the year, we had $213,000 come in more than the expenses. That's including the Imagine Project. And so from that money that you all gave, we were able to pay down $154,000 of the building loan. Write it off, it's gone. And we are also put aside in the Imagine Project $26,800 for future growth, for uh, all the things Anthony just talked about. And that leaves us with $108,900 to start off the year. So as just like in your own personal checkbooks, it's good to start the year with some money there and not at zero. So thank you very much for allowing us to do that. That does give us about a 20% of next year's budget in the bank to start with so that when, when summer comes and the giving goes down and things like that happen, that we don't have to stop anything, that we can keep doing ministry and pushing hard and going hard at it. So um, as we look at what we're proposing for next year, this is a God-sized budget. 
and we need God to, to get through. We don't want to depend on ourselves. Like Anthony just said, this isn't about us getting it done. This is about God doing things through us. And so we're proposing, um, if you add the two call, the, the column clear on the, the right up, uh, $550,000 for just general operating, general ministry things. And I'll go through those just in a little bit of detail. And then down in the bottom, the other, other income expense is just additional things we need to do with our building, with our technology, things to keep it updated and maybe make some improvements along the way to, to build into growth in, the, in what we're able to do with ministry. It might be updating computer servers, um, security systems, things around that, around the building that, that just need attention. So uh, just a few details, kingdom investment. Some of you may come from a church background and called it missions. And in the missions area is also our benevolence fund and things we do right here in Ashland to help those in need. Um, we do have budgeted in there and you'll see a, a large increase. We're not just giving everybody raises. We are allowing under staff expenses the opportunity to add support staff. We've, we've kind of gone by for, for years now. We, at one point we did have kind of an administrative person who really became an admission, a, a ministry person, but but we've backed off and now we're looking to maybe allow for the opportunity to add some more support staff there as well. And then we just, we wanna increase our ministry budget to allow just exponential growth here in what we're able to do, the way we're able to reach our community. Um, I, I love Noah's testimony. Um, what he said just really goes back to the heart of why Riverview started, to be able to reach the people in our community, to have a place to bring them to, invite them to, and to be a place that equips people for us to go out into our community and minister. And so he, he said it as good as, as I could have. So I just thank you all for, for being a part. So this is the budget that the elders have looked at, the deacons have, we've approved and, and are making this motion to you as a, as a church body. My name is Ted Tucker. I'm one of the elders here, and I'm here to talk about the ballot. On your seat, you had found a piece of paper, and there are three things on there that we want you to, to look at and to check. On the bottom, you see there's a section that says for uh, members of RCC or non-members. We'd like for you to check that. All the votes will count, but we just need to know members and non-members. Then, as Anthony said, there are, we're reaffirming um, Tim Welling as a elder. It will be his second term, second two-year term we're reaffirming him for. Then you have the vote for the budget, yay or nay, and, and that option so you can vote there. Uh, when you finish your vote, please fold it up and pass it to the aisle so that we can collect them in the baskets and stuff. Then we, the count will be, uh, hopefully will be done by the time Tony's, uh, the worship team's last song is complete. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We have a whole bunch of cookies out there if you want to grab them before you leave just to celebrate. And I got the thumbs up. Everything passed. So we're great. All right. <laughs>